This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Go to 2 Corinthians 9, if you will, with me today. Uh, my teaching today is a need for seed, a need for seed. And as I get into today's teaching, I'm going to uh, ask you a question. We're going to start off with a question, and it's simply this, is God omnipotent? And whenever I say, is God omnipotent, does he have unlimited power, and is he able to do anything? About a third of you sound convinced. Is God all-powerful? Yes, he is. He is all-powerful. And I want you to know today, if you've ever felt like you've had less than impressive results whenever it comes to maybe leading people to the Lord or seeing answered prayer, I want you to listen up today, okay? As we mentioned God being omnipotent and is he all-powerful, there are times whenever we don't see the breakthrough uh, whenever we pray. You know, we, we think to ourselves, God, we know you can do this. Why is it that we're not seeing it take place in our life? And I want you to know there's an answer for that. And we're going to put it up here on the screen real quick for you. God has actually limited his power here on earth to our faith. God has limited his power here on earth to our faith. What does that mean? It means God wants us to partner with him. Turn to your friend next to you and say, God wants to partner with you. Again, so many times we've got needs in our life and you may be in a situation right now and you need a breakthrough in your life and, and you know God's got the power, but you've not seen the breakthrough. And a lot of times people are wondering, why is it we haven't seen the breakthrough? And the reason is, is that he's waiting on us to do our part because we are partnered together. In Mark 6, we see that Jesus could not do any miracles. Why? Because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. See, that's a word right there. Too many times we want God to do something in our life, but too many people aren't 100% sure if God can even do it. But they'll pray for it. Those fourth quarter prayers, y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's like, Lord, we need you to come through for us. He can do it, but we got to partner with him. And I want you to know this today is that we're God's helpers so that the world can know about Jesus. We are the ones that partner with him so that the world can know about Jesus. Now, God exists completely on his own, but he chose to partner with you and I. And so I want us to look at a verse really quick in 2 Corinthians 9. And you may say, Gene, this is completely unrelated. Just hang with me because we're going to tie it all together. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, but I say this to you. He who sows, everybody say sows, sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and then the opposite is true as well. If you sow bountifully, that's the way you're going to reap. In 2 Corinthians, uh, actually chapters 8 and 9, you've got Paul commending the church for their giving. And he's telling me, he says, look, y'all are doing a great job as it relates to giving, and, and just make sure that you abound in grace and the grace of giving as well. And so he's actually using this farming analogy as he's speaking with them. But I want you to know today, this verse right here is not just a finance verse, right? 
Because I know you've probably heard people say this, like maybe before a church takes an offering or something like that. Y'all, this is not just about finances. This right here applies to many, many other areas in our life as well. I mean, the principle of sowing and reaping applies to pretty much every area in our life. Amen? How many of y'all have a hobby and you're okay at it at best, but you'd like to be better? How many golfers we got in here? Anybody? Yeah, I play once a year. That's it. Just because I get a free entry into a tournament. That's the only reason I play. But here's the thing. My golf game's not very good. Why? Because I don't practice. I don't sow into becoming better at it. It could be in your career. We got people in sales in here? Anybody in sales? Good salespeople learn how to sell better. Have y'all ever like gone somewhere and you're thinking to yourself, Oh my, this was like the worst salesperson I've ever dealt with. You did not want to buy from them. That person needs to work on becoming a better salesperson. So it can affect your career. It can affect your hobbies. Oh, by the way, it can affect your marriage as well. If you don't invest into your marriage, come on now, how can you expect to have a great marriage? You got to invest in it. You got to sow into your marriage as well. But yeah, you've got to... So if you want to reap, right? This principle works for anything, for, for about everything. So we're going to look at uh, three different facts about sowing today. And y'all may say, Gene, this is very simple. Just hang with me, all right? First thing is this, is we reap what we sow. We just read that. We reap what we sow. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever. Somebody say whatever. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That he will also reap. So whenever you sow a certain type of seed, you expect to get that harvest, correct? So how many of y'all have a garden? Anybody got a garden in here? But if you planted, let's just say peas, you're not going to be disappointed whenever peas are what grows, right? Because that's what you sowed. You're going to reap that. Now, if you plant peas and you're upset because corn doesn't grow, something's wrong with you, and we need to get you looked at. Right? You reap what you sow. That's just the way it works. You get whatever you sow, and it seems simple, but whatever you sow, yes, you're going to reap. And y'all, I want you to know, this applies to the gospel as well. Many folks desire to lead somebody to the Lord, but we have to ask ourselves the question all the time, are we sowing? We need to ask ourselves, am I sowing? Because listen, if you aren't sowing, you're not going to be reaping. Come on, somebody. If you want to lead somebody to the Lord, if you want to have an impact on their life, it's time to start to sow. Amen? You've absolutely got to. And some people may see this verse that we just read a minute ago about you know sowing and reaping. They may see that as um, a verse just about finances. But like I said, it's not just about finances. It's not a negative verse. This is actually a very positive verse. Now let me pause for a second and say, if you are just bound and determined not to give financially, yes, this is a negative verse for your life financially. Can, can I just give you some truth this morning? Right? But how many of y'all have seen God bless your life financially? Amen? We know that the principle works financially, but it also works as it relates to sowing seed. It's a very positive verse in all truth. 
Galatians 6, 8, and 9 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap, what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. How many of y'all know that we're saved by grace through faith? Through faith. We're not just saved by grace. It's by grace through faith. Somebody say amen to that. So we're not going to get saved by works that we do. That's just not the way it works. God sent Jesus because works wouldn't cut it, right? Works weren't going to cut it. None of us were perfect enough to be able to keep all the law. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that road. But I want you to know this. If we will sow the gospel, we'll reap people coming into everlasting life. That's what we're going to reap. Verse 9 says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We shall reap. Now, just real quick, shall right there is what we call a covenant word in the Bible. It's a promise. So the Bible says, if you sow, you shall. You definitely will reap. Amen? So again, if you want to see others come into the Lord... You'll reap if, somebody say if, if you sow. If you sow, you've got to continue to sow. And I think most of us, as we just mentioned a second ago, or as I mentioned a second ago, I asked you, I think most of us have seen the whole sowing and reaping come in our life, maybe financially speaking, but we just haven't seen it in other areas of our church. And let me hop back real quick financially. If you've not, can I go ahead and just tell you, I promise you, what the Lord says in the word is true. And if you are faithful with your giving, you're going to see him bless you. Can everybody say amen to that? But as it relates to sharing the gospel, if you sow, I promise you, you're going to start to reap and you're going to start to see people come to know the Lord as well because God's word is true. So it works for not finances, but also for the gospel. If we sow the good news, the gospel for Jesus coming, we're going to reap souls. The second thing today is this, is we reap after. Somebody say after. After we sow. Now, nobody stands in a field (laughs) praying over the field or waiting patiently, sitting in a lawn chair, waiting for a harvest whenever nothing has been sowed. Once again, if you do that, we need to get you checked on. Right? You're not going to reap unless you do what? So, and it happens after we sow. That's whenever the reaping takes place is after we sow. Now, let me go ahead and just jump on this little soapbox one more time. A lot of times people do this with finances. Here's what they say. Well, you know, whenever I finally get a job that pays me enough, I'll start to give. No, you won't. I probably just rung somebody's bell. No, you won't. Here's the thing, because there's a heart issue and a trust issue you've got with God. And if you can't trust him with the little bit you got right now, he's not going to be able to trust you with the big that you want coming down the road. Amen? And so, no, you might as well go ahead and just start giving right now. And just see God show out in your life. But we reap after we sow. And witnessing is the same way. We've got to sow, then we're going to reap as well. And you don't have to wait till you get more spiritual. 
He believed it. You don't have to wait until you get more spiritual to just be able to speak into somebody's life. I think too many times what we feel like is that we have to be able to walk them all the way through the Romans road. And we have to have some great elaborate testimony about how you lived in the slums and you were addicted to crack and you did all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's those kind of testimonies that are going to get people saved. No! It doesn't take that. How many of you know we live in a time right now, people are just looking for hope. They just need a word. And you can just walk up to somebody and just encourage them and have their ear just like that. With all that's going on in the world, whenever people see you walking in peace, let me tell you, that's what they're attracted to right now. After you sow, though, you'll reap. That's the thing. You don't have to get more spiritual. You could have got saved yesterday and you can start witnessing tomorrow. 1 Corinthians 3 and 5 says this, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed? As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now you see ministers right up there at, the, at verse 5. Ministers means servants or followers here. But, but here's, let me give you this whole story real quick. What you had was is you had Paul and you had Apollos, and you, you've even got Peter who were leading people to the Lord. And what started happening was is you started to have some clicks. So all of a sudden people were saying, well, I'm one of Paul's disciples. And then others were saying, well, I'm one of Peter's or I'm one of Apollo's. And so those three started seeing division. How many of you know Christians can even get weird sometimes? Anybody ever? Right. You know, I'm part of this denomination or I'm part of this church. Or does your church do this? You know, they can do that at times. And Paul was basically saying, guys, guys, it's, it's all about Jesus. It, it's all about Jesus. It doesn't matter who you basically came to know the Lord under. It's all about the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that's what he was emphasizing to them. And he was just saying, listen, guys, we, we just sowed. And, and then we just watered. And then you came to know the Lord. But he was saying, it's all about Jesus, And he goes on to say that nobody can build on any foundation except for the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes sure that they understand that. And he was saying, listen, we're not claiming any credit for what's been done here. It's all about Jesus. He says, one planted, one watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. Now, there's times whenever you might hear pastors or, either, or even other people say, um, you know, they won somebody to Christ or we want to win someone to the Lord. This expression actually comes from Proverbs 11.30. It says, he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. Now, 1 Timothy 1.17 is a great verse that says there's only one who is wise. It's not any of us in this room. I'm sorry to let you know. God is wise. Amen? It says there's only one who's wise, and that's God. But Back in 1 Corinthians 3, it says that God gives the increase. Amen? God wins them, but we get to participate. Once again, we partner with God to tell the world about his son, Jesus. To tell the world about his son, Jesus. We can plant and we can water, though. How many of you in here would like to be more effective as it comes to leading people to the Lord? Anybody? Come on now, anybody? And here's the thing. It's not just about winning people to the Lord. It's about being able to just go up 
and pray for people, be able to encourage people, just be able to change their life. Amen. I don't know about you, but it's a great feeling whenever we get to do ministry with people that need it. It's a great feeling. But you reap after you sow. When do we reap? After we sow. And I want you to understand this. Whenever you're sharing the gospel, you can even reap whenever you haven't sown. Think about this just for a minute. Remember Paul said, one sowed, one watered, God got the increase. It could be that somebody had basically been sowed into and they had been watered and you just happened to walk up at the right time and then God gets the increase. And you, you know, it's kind of one of these things where they were just ready at that exact moment and God used you to just bring them on in. Amen. That's the way it works. You don't always have to sow the seed. A lot of times it can happen and the seed had already been sown. Third point today is, is we reap more than we sow. We reap more than we sow. Now, again, we can talk about finances, but we're not talking about finances on this. We're talking about souls here. We're talking about people coming to know the Lord. Genesis 26, 12 says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Whenever he sowed, he reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now, in the kingdom of God, you always reap more than what you sow. That's just God's economy. That's just the way it works in every aspect of God's economy. Uh, how many of y'all have ever heard of a guy named John Chapman? Anybody? John Chapman was a guy who went around uh, planting apple orchards and sharing the gospel. Is it starting to sound familiar? Who might he be? Johnny who? Apple seed. That's right. Lane, are you here? He's like, Come here, Lane. Throw that picture up real quick. This is the picture you know about Johnny Appleseed right there. <laughs> Spitting image of him right there. Isn't it? What you think, Lane? Turn around. Whatever I see. Turn, turn around, Lane. I'm sorry. I kind of caught you off guard with that one. Did anybody ever wonder why he wore a pot on his head? What's wrong with just a good old-fashioned hat? Y'all give him a hand. Um, so Johnny Appleseed... But his name was, Johnny, was John Chapman. This is a real story, okay? This isn't like some made-up thing. John Chapman actually traveled the country and planted apple orchards because he knew that someone would benefit from it down the road. But while he did it, he shared the gospel like crazy. He did revival services. As a matter of fact, it's said um, that John Chapman led more Native Americans to the Lord than anybody else. I mean, like, this guy was literally a missionary, um, we just know about the whole apple thing and him wearing a pot on his head for some reason. But there was more to him in his ministry than, than just planting uh, apple trees. But I want you to understand this, though. Um, he realized that whenever he planted, more came than what he planted. Amen? He didn't just plant a seed and get an apple. Right? That's not the way it works in God's economy whatsoever. Whenever you plant one apple seed, or you get an apple tree, right? Now, how many apples does one tree produce? One? How many? Tons, right? 
it reaps tons of apples. I mean, it could be thousands of apples over the years. And those apples have one seed in them, many seeds in them. And so in God's economy, as I said, you can sow, but you get so much more of a harvest than what you sow as well. And John Chapman actually realized that he was sowing naturally, but also spiritually, and he knew that he'd reap more than what he would sow. And that's just God's kingdom. That's just the way the Lord works. We all know Luke 6.38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And running over. That's the way it is with evangelism. And so you can plant a seed. And here's the thing. You may not even get, see somebody get saved. And let me go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. The enemy's going to get in your ear and tell you you're a failure. You ever had that happen before? Let me tell you a quick story. The very first time I was ever, ever asked to guest speak somewhere, I just really felt like the Lord had said that he had a word for this one guy in the crowd, and this was during worship, and I go up to him and I said, hey, this is what I feel like the Lord's showing me about you, and I, I just spit it out and give it to him, and I said, man, does that bear witness? And he says, nope. <laughs> I was just crushed, <laughs> you know? And you know, you know what the enemy told me, Elder? You should never do that again so you don't look like an idiot. That's what the enemy said. Because he wanted to shut me up. Right? And so what happens is, is we go to try to tell somebody about our awesome God, and maybe they don't get saved right then, or maybe they give you a response that you really don't want. And the enemy just wants you to know, hey, hey, you failed. You should probably never do that again to save the embarrassment. But the thing is, is that we never know what's going to happen down the road. Because you see, you planted a seed no matter what. You planted it, and that seed's there. They heard the gospel. They heard what God can do for them. And you never know who's going to come along and water it later. Come on now. You don't know who's going to come and water it later, and you don't know what's going to happen down the road. Whenever John Chapman was planting orchards, here's what he knew. He put the seed in the ground, and then he went to the next city. And guess what? It eventually got watered, and then it was producing. The same way as it is in the natural, it is in the spiritual as it relates to us witnessing to other people. Come on now. It's the same way. Some plant, some water, God gives the increase. Some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. And it may be that, hey, the person you witnessed to, nothing happened then. But you don't know what's going to happen down the road. Again, the enemy is going to try to silence you. He's going to try to silence you. He's going to tell you, you need to bring in a professional to do the job. You should call a pastor. You should call an elder. You can do it. Come on now. You can do it. Every one of us. The easiest way to tell somebody about Jesus is to just tell them where you were and where he's brought you to. This is where I was. This is what he did in my life. And I will never be the same because of it. People want to hear about what the Lord can do for them. So many people right now are looking for hope. And you're never a failure whenever you sow the gospel, whenever you encourage somebody, or whenever you pray for somebody. Amen? What you're doing is, is exactly what Matthew 5.16 says. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. One of my favorite verses. That's what we're supposed to do as believers. And, and I just want to get real with you for a minute. Regina and I had dinner with a couple a couple weeks ago. And they, were, they go to another church and 
they were just talking about, they've kind of been looking at, at their church and, uh, and they said, you know, we're just trying to see what, what's our church accomplishing right now. And, and the Lord just dropped something into my spirit. I think a lot of times the enemy will get in our heads and try to get us to overthink some things. First of all, try to get us to look at our life and what are we accomplishing? And then what he'll do is, is he might go after your church. He might go after your church staff. What are they accomplishing? What is the church doing? Uh, but how many of you know it's not necessarily the church's responsibility to do everything because God has partnered with us individually? Anybody? Right. I think we've talked about that today. But in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, I love this. It's talking about the fivefold ministry. These are the gifts of Jesus, as we call them. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Verse 12, this is what we need to focus on today. For the equipping of the saints. For what? The work of the ministry. Whenever the enemy starts to make you think, okay, what is your church accomplishing? I want you to know, we, all of us, are supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. You know how the work of the ministry is done? By you exiting this building today, getting in your car, and starting to tell people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again because that was so good. The work of the ministry is you exiting this building today and telling people about Jesus Christ. Because let me go ahead and just tell you, Christian TV is not going to win the world for Jesus. Come on now. It's going to be one-on-one -on -one talking with people. One-on-one -on -one talking with people. God wants you to partner with Him. God wants you to partner with Him. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go. This is what we've been called to do. This is what Jesus said we needed to do. Everybody say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. Always, even to the end of the age. We all should want to be farmers who are famous. Amen? Farmers who are famous. Not famous here on earth, but famous in heaven. Right? Famous in heaven. Also famous in hell as well because we're depopulating hell. Amen? That's what we need to do. But there's a need for us to be planting more seeds. People need hope right now. Now thinking about this third point about how we reap more than what we sow, I want to give you a little timeline real quick, uh, something that you might find interesting. Uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Edward Kimball who was a Sunday school teacher a long time back and he witnessed to a guy by the name of Dwight L. Moody. Some of you may know that name, D.L. Moody. Moody became a pastor, and it said that his services were so powerful that people would literally just walk into the room, fall in the presence of God, and just instantly just repent. Just such a power, just such an anointing that was on this man's life. So D.L. Moody got saved because of Edward Kimball. Moody witnessed to a guy by the name of Frederick Meyer, who got saved, who then witnessed to a guy named Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman witnessed to a guy by the name of Billy Sunday, who was a baseball player. Billy Sunday actually ended up becoming an evangelist, 
And one time he had a revival in North Carolina. But then there was one problem. He couldn't make the revival. So he actually sent somebody in his place, a friend of his by the name of Mordecai Ham, to preach that night. Hardly anybody showed up to the revival that night. It was like bad attendance. But there was one fellow that showed up who got saved. A little guy by the name of Billy Graham. Now, I want you to think about this real quick. Edward Kimball, the Sunday school teacher, probably 40 years prior, 50 years prior, told one fellow about Jesus. Spiritually speaking, you could say there were about five generations later. It wasn't too long of a time period. And then Billy Graham, a general, if you will, came to know the Lord because of that one Sunday school teacher. And you can back it all up. And you can say, if this person wouldn't have shared, if this person wouldn't have shared, and guess what? If there ever would have been a break, there may not have ever been a Billy Graham. But because of them sowing, there was a great harvest. And think about Billy Graham, how great of a harvest really was it. Amen? I mean, think about the hundreds of thousands of people that have come to know the Lord because of the ministry that God gave Billy Graham. Amen? Come on, y'all stand up. It all started because of that Sunday school teacher. Once again, we reap more than what we sow. And y'all, I want you to know this. I'm talking to me today. But at the same time, we all need to leave here to do the work of the ministry and to be sowing. Can somebody say amen today? God wants to partner with us to tell the world about his son. As we read earlier today, as we sang about, for God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves me. He loves every lost person out there. And it's his desire that they all come to repentance, that they all come to know him as Savior. But y'all, it's not going to happen if we don't open up our mouths. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.